Hello and welcome to the Body Electric Podcast, episode 17. My name is Nathan Hills. Today's guest is my friend Emil Dion. I've known Emil since I was a teenager back in Nova Scotia, where we're both from, and uh, he was always that guitarist who was a year or two ahead of me that I looked up to. Uh, Emil's musical background is equal parts jazz, country, and rock, and it shows he's got a very individual style. So I hope you enjoy the uh, podcast. Um, if you'd like to learn more about me, you can visit NathanHiltz.com. Um, I'm at the Rex Wednesdays in January, uh, 6.30 to 8.30 with my trio uh, with Pat Collins and Morgan Childs and some special guests each week. And uh, thanks a lot. Hey Emil, what's up, man? Nathan, it's good to be How here. How you doing? With you. Good to see you. Happy New Year's. Let's do a handshake. Happy, yeah. All what's, right. What's your new New Year's resolution? Um. Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. I have no New Year's. Maybe to exercise again. It's been maybe a little too long since I've exercised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I was just saying we were. I was coming back from New Zealand. Eight days. Uh, eight days out now. So to, all, jet lag's almost done. But one thing I found: the Kiwis were like in really good shape. Really? So I was the Canadian at the back on all of the hikes and kayaking, and I was like, guys, wait, wait for the Canadian. Right. <laughs> I'm really not giving me a chance. You know, Amazing. Like, so I want to go back. I want to go back to New Zealand to visit my brother again, maybe in two or three years in, in better, better right. shape. You know, like, Do you think it's because they're in such a beautiful place that they just are outside all the time? And they're outside all the time. They, you know, I'd like to say tramp, like trek and camp yeah. all, all the time in the nice weather. It's beautiful. And, and... It's mostly hills, mm. so they all walk up and down hill all day long. Wow! So they're all in great shape. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. You didn't happen to check out any music when you were there, did you? There's not much music, but I was mostly in a kayak or on a trail or walking around Wellington, where my brother lives. Right. So, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of the thing that you do when you're there. Mm-hmm. It's cool, man. But anyway, it's great to be here with you. I I love these little podcasts, and I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear. There's a couple of guys. Do you know who Jim Tate is? No, I don't. You can grab. Jim Tate. This is this is my Christmas Christmas wish list from Nathan next okay. year. Jim Tate, Rob Pill. Have you interviewed Rob? Oh no, I would love to. Yeah. Um, uh, Jim, Rob. Um, th- those are two of my favorite guys. I, I'm not, I haven't I haven't seen Jim play. He's like one of the only guys. When I moved to Toronto, I've seen almost all of my favorite guitar players play, but I haven't seen Jim play. And uh, and Pilch would be a great guy to sit down with. He's one of my favorites. Cool, man. And I loved hearing, uh, I mean, Ted and, and Sam and, uh, and a yeah. bunch of these guys play. And, and good on you, man. Like, you must be learning a ton of stuff by doing this. That's the secret of why I'm doing this, just so I can rip off everybody's techniques. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> well, well, hopefully any, anybody listening will kind of like what I'm doing. Yeah, but, man. Uh, I was kind of a little nervous when you asked because it's like, oh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, Nathan's a really good jazz guitar player. And I'm like, man, I'm kind of like, but, you know, jazz is a huge part of what I'm doing. Absolutely. Although I haven't really played, you know, with my hands up in quotations, a jazz gig for a long time. But mm-hmm. I, I love the information and hmm. the music and, and uh, I think I guess more listening these days, you know. Yeah. Well, I've been looking forward to getting together with you because I've known you longer than I've known anyone, I think, on this scene. Like, since we yeah. both come from Nova Scotia, there's not, right. not a lot of us here, you know. It's kind of cool. And uh, so when you, uh, when did you come up to Toronto? What year? I came in 97, and there's a, a couple of friends of mine who you probably know, Jeff Goodspeed, Dave Staples, Jamie Gaddy, J- uh, Jamie Gaddy rather, uh, Dave James. Mm. And, and in high school, like my actual little high school in, in Brookfield, Nova Scotia, didn't have music. Right. So I convinced the principal, who's a really nice guy, to let me go into CEC after, after school to do the CEC band with Paul Barrett. Right. And then that's how I kind of got to know... Jeff and Dave and Jamie and Dave, Sta- uh, Dave Staples and, and Dave James. And then there was this thing, we probably did it, uh, called Honors Jazz. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I think that's how I recognize Yeah, I you. remember seeing you play. You were always like one year or two years ahead of me. Yeah. And you were like in the awesome band. Uh-oh. You are always in the best <laughs> band. I was like, oh man, that's like this guy Emil, you know? Wow. Yeah. And those, like, I, you know, like Jamie Gaddy is still, I mean, all no disrespect to those other guys at, at all. I mean, just in... Uh, you know, he's still one of the best musicians I've ever seen. Right. I, and, and and all of those guys are great musicians. And Jeff was, like, extremely kind to me. He's like, you got to go study with... You have to go study with, with Ted Quinlan. And I'm right. Like, Who's Ted Quinlan? I got got a video, and then he's... Ted was on this uh, compilation, this West compilation with Rob and Peter Leach. I hope I'm saying... Yeah, Lauren was on it too, right? Wasn't he? No. 
I don't believe he was. Oh, okay. Reg definitely was. Um, you know what? I can't remember if Lauren was on there or not. It doesn't matter. Remember and that I, series? It was a series yeah, of right. different dedications, right? Ed was on it. Right. Ed right. played Summer Song and then uh, maybe Twisted Blues or something like that. Anyway, I loved that CD and I was like, I gotta go study with Ted. Mm. Uh, it ended up being a great decision. Uh, the school here is small, mm. so you get to be on a first name basis. Yeah. And everybody here was like super kind to me. I can still, I still walk down the hall and see Pat LaBarbie. He says, hey, Mill, how's it going? You know, I'm like, Pat Le you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like oh, yeah, all totally. those guys were so kind to me. Yeah. We're talking about Humber College, Humber by the College. way, some of the yeah. listeners that maybe don't know about that. And that was, that was the thing in, in Nova Scotia. There's a bunch of jazz musicians that, you know, uh, are yeah. out there that let us know about this wider world of Canadian jazz, you know. And I think that we kind of came to idolize a lot of these these players oh, in man. Toronto, you know, when we were young, which was cool, you know? Definitely. I, yeah. I saw Ted play when I first moved to Toronto, in my, this is 97, I lived at College in Bathurst, and I used to be able to walk to maybe College Street Bar or Mazetta or, or take a streetcar down to, um, you know, they used to be, they used to play week-long week, week long gigs at the Senator and Bistro, mm. and I think I saw Ted play at least once a week, mm. like, which is why I wanted to move to Toronto, not just to see Ted play, but there's all kinds of great guitar players and um, I wanted to, you know, so I saw, I got to saw Ed, I saw Ed about six times. Right. Uh, you know, I was sitting on the, on the side table on stage for two nights when he recorded with Murley and Steve Wallace. Oh, you were there? Yeah, wow. I was there so you can hear your hand claps. And you can probably hear my, you know, Ed's probably still, I've seen all my favorite guitar players and Ed's probably the best guitar player I've ever seen. Mm. I mean, I'm, you know, like, we can, I can, uh, Paul Galbraith, Manuel Barreque, I mean, it's a way different class, you know, I've seen lots of guitar players play. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Ed's kind of, you know, I guess it's a kind of a Canadian thing to say that, too. He's magic, though. But he, it, he had it this looks so magic. easy. exuded everything, you know. Play. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's magic. So, so tell me, like, Brookfield, how did you, like, where did you get your first guitar? I know that's a common question, but... I'm, I'm glad you asked, actually. Like, um, there's no guitar stores in Brookfield, I guess. No, actually, oh, I'm from Eastville, Upper uh, Eastville, which is a little a little part of a, a a bigger community called Upper Stuyak. Okay. And Brookfield is about 20 minutes or 30 minutes without traffic. To you know, so Upper Stuyak to Brookfield is about 20 minutes. So where I'm from, Eastville is about half an hour to Brookfield. So yeah, there's no there's no guitar stores. You know, people had hunting cottages where I'm from. Right. Uh, but that was great. I mean, I grew up. I had music. My, my, my mom sang, my dad played a bit of guitar, so my mom played a little bit of guitar. My dad, I think, can still play up to a B minor. Okay. You know? Ah, so the, yeah. the, first, the first music I heard was a lot of traditional fiddle music. Mm. So anytime my parents would get together with um, their age group, there usually was, if it was summertime, a bonfire. And then eventually instruments would come out. So there's a bunch of kids and a bunch of parents. So if, if from a very young age, if you see your parents having a good time and then singing tunes and playing fiddle, guitar, mandolin, piano, bass, you just kind of do that. So all of my, all seven kids in that group could have been professional musicians. I mean, we all just kind of passed instruments around. I got a guitar when I was six. And, you know, being a tall guy, I could kind of do... Yes, I would. Uh, that Simon and Garfunkel tune. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'd rather be a hammer than a nail. Oh, okay. I think that's what it's called. But uh, so I could play that badly for about a year, um, and then learned, uh, got some lessons, and started picking fiddle tunes. That was my existence for eight, you know, eight, nine. Got into rock and roll. My, my dad's friend Ian had uh, uh, Texas Flood on a cassette. Wow. So when I was 13, you know, I had a little a Japanese plywood Strat, which I came to Humber with. It was like the cheapest guitar in the school, like <laughs> the worst guitar in the school. Um, and, and so I came home from school every day when I was 13 and tuned down half step and then learned how to play. Sure, lots of us did. Uh -huh. You know that era of Stevie Ray Vaughan. I never really was it like in the '80s. I never really was into Van Halen. Mm -hmm. I'm into it now, mm -hmm. 
more than I was then. So, her, like lots of cream. Somebody had a Braxis, uh, the Santana record. Um, lots of Stevie Ray Vaughan, and then I came to Kenny Burrell and Wes through Stevie, and then stuff that hit me even more right away, like Albert King, B.B. Mm. King, Albert Collins. Uh, I had to check all that out. And then, you know, like, I heard Kenny Brown, like, well, this jazz thing is pretty cool. So I had this CD thing that we, we probably all had. I can't remember what it was called. And then I ordered... Uh, oh, Columbia House. It was Columbia House. Yeah. I ordered um, a couple of CDs. So my first CDs were Clapton, Unplugged, John Mayall and the Blues Breakers, mm -hmm. Joy Spring by Joe Pass. Oh, you could get that on Columbia? Yeah, uh, which was an amazing record. Yeah. I, I heard it and I'm like, and I, I don't mean to offend anybody, I'm like, I that's not the tone for me. But I love the playing. I mean, mm -hmm. and who am I to sit here and say, you know what I mean? Who am I to sit here and say? No, that's cool. But shortly, shortly thereafter, like 13, uh, 14, uh, I had some friends, you know, teachers say, you know, here, here's Larry Carlson's first record. Here's Breezin by Benson, which I still love. I mean, you know, I'm not afraid to admit it. Uh, and then and then checked out earlier Benson, which is kind of more funky and bluesy. Uh, and then so the first couple of jazz tunes I learned how to play was in junior high. And, um, you know, I, I think Room 335, uh, that Larry Carlton tune was one of the first ones. Take Five, Misty, Wave. Uh, so I had some people go check some of this music out, and mm -hmm. who I really should thank, Rick Hiltz. Uh, for sure, uh, my friend Gordon Tucker, who taught me guitar for a while. Uh, all these guys are still in uh, Nova Scotia. They might be retired now. Right. Uh, I and and when I was about sixteen and playing in high school bands, and playing like w we had a little family band. My brother and another set of brothers had uh, a little c community band. We play events, firemen's picnics, um, firemen's dances. So we play a whole set of traditional fiddle music. Mm and then play classic rock, and then usually in the third set we have to play some country, mm. and and uh, and we could probably play some classic rock stuff. So oddly enough, I hated the country stuff. Really? It's really funny for me I to sort of think of you say. as my, if I have <laughs> questions about country, you're like my go-to kind of guy. <laughs> well, the, the new country stuff, I, I had to listen, here's why, I had to listen on the bus ride, it took an hour and 10 minutes one way, now I sound like an old guy. I had to take an hour and 10 minutes. One way to get to school, um, and I had to listen to AM country radio with a bunch of pig farmers and hockey. Like the world revolved around a hockey puck, where I'm right. from. Like you know, being a guitar player, hmm, not so good. Right, you know, right. you know the gir girls were. It was okay. You I know? remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, girls was you know, pick up a guitar and strum a couple of chords and a certain McLaughlin tune, you're good to go. But it wasn't really so. Um, but luckily, I had some people go. You know, check some of this music out, and and so to this day, I'm still when I heard and when I heard Robin Ford, mm. I guess I was probably 15, and somebody played me two of his tracks on the on a Blue Line record. It's actually, his name's David. And I, I was in uh, New Glasgow. His daughter actually just graduated from Humber, oddly enough. Huh. Uh, and so I ran into David, uh, you know, probably five years and I go and I shook his hand and I said thank you for giving me that Robin Ford cassette. My brother and I, you know, like. He recorded two songs for us, and when I heard that, no, nobody told me you could play a blues with jazz chords with a wah pedal and overdrive. Right. Like so, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, I want to do that. Right. You know, play. I want to play um, blues-inspired music, anything with a good beat, uh, and and leave the door open. You know, for some harmony. That doesn't mean if we're playing a blues, maybe we'll play blues in a minute. It doesn't mean the. Like I like really simple music, mm. so that doesn't mean I'm always going to do that. But I like to I like to have the to play with guys to have the option. Right. right. And uh, back to the country thing. I mean, I've played well over a decade, thousands of gigs, including some gigs with people who've had one, number one hits in the states. I'm sorry, I'm bragging. No, no. Um, uh, let me check my bank account. Does that does, <laughs> does that equate to anything? No, uh, really. No, but I mean, I, that that's that's what I ended up doing. And because I heard all of that kind of 90s country, and there's some tradition in the 90s country. The country today, there's hardly any tradition. There's no steel guitar. There's no, there's hardly any fiddle. There's there's hardly any tradition there. And, and that's that's fine. That's it's basically just a twangy now. voice and then a pop. It's music. a twangy voice yeah. and and you know like ACDC and Leonard Skinner type of you know guys playing PRSs with boogie stacks. Yeah. 
it's all good, man. It's all good. You know, um, yeah. so, um, you know, hearing all that AM country radio, mm. when I got into that, it was like, okay, this, I can, I, I feel like I've got a little something to say. It's a bit more honest. Totally. And the, the jazz thing always really, and still to this day, I mean, I, you know, a couple of my favorite, like a Love Supreme is one of my favorite records. I can't play anything off of it, mm -hmm. but it's one of my favorite records. Um, well, why don't yeah. we play a tune? Let's yeah. play a tune. Let's play in D flat. Okay. Because I want to play this chord and use my open E string.
shit. I lock, uh, knocked this out of tune pretty good with one of these guys. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. Thank you. Nice. And you too. All right, so Telly today. I usually play this guitar usually be, mostly because I can bring it to any gig. You know, if I got to play Nickelback or, <laughs> or uh, James Brown mm -hmm. or BB King or any, you know, something. I, this will fit into any of that stuff at some, in, on some level, I think. One of these is not the same. What's really striking to me is like the variety of textures and tones you're getting out of this, and you're playing a telly straight into a Fender Deluxe Reverb. Straight into an amp. Just like straight the, up. The manly thing to do. I saw Robert Clay, Cray play uh, years ago, uh, Tower Power, when I first moved to Toronto. I'm like, I gotta go see B.B. King. So Tower Power opened. Nobody in, in the Molson Amphitheater was sitting still. It was great. Robert Cray came out, played great, like plugged straight into a, a basement, and then he had two other matchless amps. I'm geeking out here. No, please. Two, two other matchless amps just for like this trem effect. But basically, like guitar straight into amp, and I'm like, I need like manly kind uh -huh. of guitar. Like, I need to learn how to do that. Right. Uh, and, but, you know, this is coming from a guy who builds amps and guitars. You know, like it's. Uh, and the reason I, I got doing. You know, guitar repairs and amp repairs is my my dad's kind of electrical engineering guy. So, I saw him you know change my regular Strat pickups uh, years ago to EMGs. And when he was taking my guitar apart, I was just about sick on the floor, going, oh "My God, you know, like my guitar's in pieces." But then I realized, like Leo Fender was really really smart. Uh huh. Because uh, I know I'm off topic here, but I no, mean, like no, if you please. if you have a a Strat and you got a a bad neck, four bolts later, you've got a new neck. Right, so I mean, they're meant. All this stuff is meant to come together, uh, come apart. And, totally. Like, why? You know, why does this sound? And why? Why does those? Why do those EMGs sound dead quiet, but but have no character? <laughs> mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Right. Um, so I ended up putting the stock pickups back in, but I got interested in doing that because my, my dad was kind of encouraging. Uh, you know, well, check this out. You know, here's how to not. And by the way, um, I never tell any, any of my friends or any of my students to work on an amplifier because I don't want to get a phone call someday saying, yeah, yeah, you killed your student. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, even, even if your amplifier is unplugged and, and it's been sitting for a while, there's still voltage, don't work on an amplifier. There, I've said it. Right. We're, we're good. Just don't Release, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Learn how to discharge capacitors if mm -hmm. you're going to. Yeah. Well, th I'm, uh, thanks, man. The, the telly, um, I'm even more uh, comfortable playing a telly these days than a Strat. And it used to be the opposite way. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I could probably do any gig I, I would ever need to do uh, with a 335 and a, and a telly. Mm -hmm. I, you know, if I can't bring those guitars and make it work, I'm not the right guy right, for, right. for the gig. And, and that's great. That's okay. I mean, I've yeah. kind of learned that the hard way sometimes. I, I, you know, once in a while I'll go to a real a pop gig where I've got to play, you know, like something like U2, like The Edge, which I love. I mean, I can't do that stuff to save my life. Mm. Or Latin music. I didn't really hear Latin music till I moved to Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I love all, it's exciting music, like anything from flamenco to, to even bossa nova. I mean, it scares me to death to play it. Mm. Um, but I love listening to it. Mm. So, cool. uh, you know. And so what, what amps are you into using lately? Like, is this deluxe reverb? But yeah. But you have bigger ones too? That you I have a, an AC30 from England. Uh, and uh, that with two Celestian Golds, mm -hmm. which sounds great. Uh, figured out the voltage. Those things were meant to, to, to run at 110. Uh, and our power is 119, 120. So I was blowing tubes up um, on a regular basis. The difference between this Deluxe Reverb and a, and a Vox to me is, you know, have you ever been in, in, in a really nice Porsche? Or, no, I haven't. Have you ever been in a really nice I've been Mustang? Been in some nice cars, yeah. yeah Mustang, so yeah. When, when you put your foot down on a Mustang, it's going to go really fast like it's an immediate response right right and you know my little volkswagen i'm going to compare my volkswagen to this deluxe reverb and a vox to the, the to the mustang oh wow. so the the vox is running ready to like it's eating fuel it's got a big engine as soon as you hit a string it's going to respond right away so mm -hmm. there's a charm in having a really quick responding amplifier mm -hmm. but the thing is if you've got a mustang you've got to feed it premium fuel and you have to feed the fuel often, right? Right. You, it, it's not fuel economical at all. I hope I said that right. So it eats tubes. It eat that thing eats tubes. But I dropped the voltage uh, to 110 and uh, rebiased. It sounds a lot better. I'm not uh, not as much smoke. Mm -hmm. uh, when those things work, they sound great. Now I'm uh, 
it's got a lot of low end actually. An old box has a lot of low end. So for me to play, you're hearing a telly through deluxe reverb, but um, bridge pickup wide open. So that amp has a bit of natural compression built into it. This this deluxe reverb doesn't as much. So the deluxe would be like me driving my Volkswagen. You both get to the same spot eventually. Right. Right. And this this does it more efficiently. Yeah. And it's a little slower, but it's way more cost effective. Mm -hmm. And some people like that better. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, the, uh, the Vox has a really nice, nice thing. This, this amp um, is brand new for me, new speaker, new tubes. I did drop the voltage in this a little bit. So I, the idea behind that is I, I want to play my bridge pickup and, and have it be bright enough to cut through, but not make anybody cross-eyed or not laser beam anybody in the front row to death. So I want to be able to... stuff like that and uh, that's not what I do in my country gigs I don't know why I did that. <laughs> maybe once or twice a night uh, but that kind of tone right and have it be non-offensive so hopefully that uh, makes sense yeah. so I wanted to ask you about uh, your practicing yeah and uh, maybe what that's like now but maybe what it was like when you were a younger player too because I think that would probably have a lot to do with who you are today you know yeah well I used yeah. to practice uh, fiddle tunes when I was young right and then that kind of got some kind of I mean I, I pick a lot which I don't know is a good thing uh, I don't know if it's a good thing now well yeah when I was young I, I, I worked on tunes worked on a lot of uh, Steve Ray Vaughan I got you know that Berkeley Guitar Method volume one when I was eight years old and oh, put nice. it away until I was 16 right right and then when I wanted to come to school I was like maybe I should where's middle C okay yeah, that's a good time to start reading, though, when you're young, you know? Uh, it, it helps I wish your brain I had later, a, though. It does. Yeah. And even, like, reading literature. But, I, you know, I kind of wish I had a, done more of that work. Um, uh, it would have made some of my work I do now, uh, especially theater. When I have to read, if I'm in the studio reading theater, which is all singer keys, usually, like, D-flat. And if, if the, you know, if you're reading in theater, there's usually odd times because people are on stage dancing. Yeah. So whenever I have to read, like, D-flat, 5, 4, 3, 8 or something... Uh, I'm just like beads of sweat, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll quote Ted and, and say most of guitar playing is 90% fun, 10% terror, or, or studio work, right? It's right. true. It's so true. Um, so I used to, and then, uh, yeah, I had to play about 500 gigs or so, and then I was like, I want to go to school. I should probably, like, learn. So, like, learning the guitar neck, uh, yeah. learning scales and modes, and practicing with the metronome about two hours a day, mm -hmm. five positions of everything. Uh, I probably could do that better when I was 19 than I can now, oddly enough. You know, like five positions of melodic minor, I, mean, I can still do it. But uh, And I'm, I'm just repeating things to my students that everybody, you know, was hammering on me, you know, when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. It's really funny. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, when I got to school, uh, of course, there's all kinds of, there was all kinds of great players here. So in my first year, I did uh, just trying to get a bunch of tunes together. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you know, like trying to survive uh, all of the classes. And then second year, things kind of shifted from being in a, you know, practicing scales and, and working on two fives and three six two fives uh, into, and actually playing like with people. Mm. So that was really fun. I was in a really, a couple really great ensembles here. And there was an organ uh, quartet. So playing with those guys, I improved more playing with them than I have in my whole life. Like that year of playing with really good players, playing the, the jazz language. It was funky, it was jazzy, you know, like I just had to be, I just, you know, sink or swim, right? Like mm. go with the momentum and learn from all those guys. So that, that was when, when it really transitioned from being, I got to work in my chops in my, in my you know, bedroom to actually playing more in class and then playing gigs and playing at the recs and then mm. playing. That's such an important thing uh, that a lot of students miss. They end up in the shed way too long and not mm -hmm. actually out playing with people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely and then and then playing gigs, you know, it's really the uh the best way like to, to learn. Mm. You know, so getting out of the, the classroom, getting into playing gigs. Now I practice, um, I'm not going to sing for you this morning, but uh, most of what I have to do in my practice is somebody will send me a CD, whether it's from Ontario or Nashville, and I'll learn 14 songs, which is about an hour set, and I'll, I'll listen to that for about a, two weeks. So the first week I won't touch my guitar. Uh, then I'll sit down with my guitar and get sounds and practice for about a week. So when I go to the show, 
um, I can stand on stage, and guitar starts a lot of music and pop, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's mostly, and it's very similar. So all of these riffs start sounding the same if you're not really prepared. So you don't want to start the wrong right. song, right, with the wrong sound. So most of my practice now is listening to tunes for about a week, getting sounds ready and learning guitar parts and solos for the next week, going to the show, playing a short tour, which could be a, you know, a weekend or, or a summer-long engagement with an artist, and then learning how to sing backups. But more importantly, when it comes time for solos or me starting a tune, uh, I, I need to be at the front of the stage looking like I'm the guy who played the solo on the record. I mean, it's kind of like the look right. as, as well as the sound. So I, me personally, I'm more about the sound mm -hmm. and the music and the space and the, and the time. But you have to, in that, like for those of you who don't know, I mostly play pop guitar these days for a living, even, even though jazz is kind of a huge part of that, uh, my own personal playing style. But yeah, you have to look like you're the guy on the record. Right. And, right. and, and it's more like comfort. Right, you got to be present, you have yep. to not be having to think too much, you have to be able to... No, when, no. When, when were you to a rock concert where people were reading charts? Oh, never. Never. Mm -hmm. So that's my practice now. And then being able to play, sing, play and sing the low harmony part. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that uh, you know, I released a record in, in, in 2011. And there's a couple different styles on that record. It's called Storyline. And it was a really good uh, lesson for me to sing a couple of different styles of music and go on. And the one I like the best is my, I kind of have a bit of a country voice and I enjoy doing that. So, um, you know, I, and then when I, did the CD release, like my voice wasn't really as strong as my guitar playing. And I'll always be a guitar player first. Mm -hmm. But getting getting my voice uh, in, in the last three or four years, uh, I've taken some gigs where I'm singing three sets a night. So it's come a long way and I'm starting to feel okay about it. You know, I was playing with Colin Barrett and Joe, Joe Bowden last night at Nolan's. Uh -huh. You know, Colin isn't looking at me funny as much these days <laughs> when I'm singing. Nice. And I respect Colin a huge amount, right? Like I say that yeah. with some affection, of course. But, uh, you know, when I first started doing that, it wasn't really that good. <laughs> right, right. You know, and I've got to figure out how I can play some, because I love playing blues-inspired music. Mm -hmm. How can I take a, a tall, skinny guy's voice, like a James Taylor-type voice, and then turn it into a John Mayer blues kind of thing? Because I love, you know, when I hear Albert King or B.B. King sing... And then I hear them play guitar. It's the same. Mm -hmm. or, or Freddie King would be a great example. I mean, he's got so much range in his voice. His guitar sounds identical. If he hits his guitar lightly, it's pure and clean, like mm -hmm. a bell. If he really digs in with his voice, it's dirty, it's overdriven, it's gritty, and his guitar is exactly the same. And I kind of want to do. I don't have that though. I'm not even sure I have it in my guitar playing. But well, you must be doing something <clears throat> right because JoJo and Colin. I mean, they're serious guys. You know, if if you weren't doing something right, you wouldn't be. Still playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, part of me kind of wants to keep doing that yeah. for that reason. You know? Yeah, that's cool. Now, something that a lot of people maybe <coughs> don't know is that you've also studied classical guitar a lot. Yeah. And so why did you pick up the classical guitar? I love the um, some of the best music written for guitar. Brower, mm -hmm. um, uh, Villa Lobos, um, uh, Berrios. Mm. That's some of the best music written for guitar. I mean, the guitar that you and I are playing, I mean, it kind of comes out of that, but not really. I mean, we're like, these are rhythm instruments, really. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And then, and of course, we have technology now to make them lead instruments. Mm -hmm. um, but some of that music is beautiful music, and I want to learn how to play it. And I, I, like, I like Bach. I don't know much about this music. I know the, the music to listen to it, mm -hmm. the repertoire to, to hear it and s sing it in my head. Um, but yeah, if, if I had a chance to do more studying, I would play mostly acoustic guitar. I would, I would, I would study classical guitar to learn how to play some of that music. Mm. And then, uh, my favorite guitar to play is a D18. Cool. You know, steel string acoustic with the, with the flat, but that's kind of how I started. Right, right. Uh, not that I don't love playing electric guitar, uh, but the acoustic guitar also, there's, like, I can't, there's no excuse, right? Like you are, if you're playing a good instrument, you get what you give. So I really admire somebody who can play a set on a, on a guitar you really have to work out to play. Mm -hmm. and, and play music by yourself with it. Because the guitar is a limited, it, acoustically, it's limited you know, dynamically, right? It doesn't have a big dynamic range. So you really have to trick people. Mm. And, and that's control. 
So I really admire people who can really make an acoustic guitar, whether it be steel string or nylon string, sing for a set by themselves. You know, that yeah. scares me to death. It's right? amazing. Yeah. Like e even 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 being in here with you, which is great. I mean, like you know, I'm going to learn some stuff by by listening to you and doing this. I mean, I love playing duo. I don't do it enough, but it's exposed. I'm used to playing in band. I'm used to playing guitar parts mm. for the last decade, like either starting a song or playing rhythm guitar. Uh, to answer your question about what I'm practicing, uh, sorry guys, I, I like I like to hear myself talk. I'm no, going it's fine. on and on. Please, no, I'm um, enjoying this. You know, rhythm guitar playing is the hardest. Even even if it's three chords, two or three chords. Uh, when I got out of school, I thought I was a pretty good guitar player until I went to a studio and started playing pop music again. My ears are, of course, way better now, mm -hmm. and I, I think I have a better. You know, at 20. 22, a better idea of time, and I was like, I have to work on time and playing good rhythm guitar, because 90% of what I'm going to do is rhythm guitar, mm -hmm. and I was really bad at it, mm -hmm. and, and like uh, going to James Brown boot camp, like, you know, if you deviated, there's two guitar players in James Brown, there were, right, you know, if you deviated from chorus, it was a big deal, like have, having that mentality, you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, what am I supposed to be doing here in, in, the, in the band setting, so... With jazz, maybe it's a similar thing, and my ears weren't ready to, to hear that, but when I started you know, out of school and playing more pop music and, and country, I realized like rhythm guitar, paramount. Mm -hmm. Sound, yeah. you know, so time, you know, rhythm, and sound after all of that. Mm -hmm. you, know, you have to be able to play and have something feel good. Mm. So what kind of uh, players uh, kind of define who you are as a rhythm player? Who, who do you kind of look to as the... Uh guys that you learned yeah, how to play a, rhythm from? That's a great question. Well, the, the guy, I, I'll answer, um, you know, Robin Ford's a great rhythm player. Really? Yeah, he's a really strong rhythm guitar player. I'm not surprised, I guess. Um, and he kind of stresses that, actually. And, and I, I, I was lucky I got to hang out with him for 11 hours. I wasn't, I wasn't counting. But, uh, yeah, we, we had a chance to hang out when I was 32 out in Vancouver and play, which was a huge highlight. We played a show together. Wow. And, um, and that, was, that was a lot of fun. Um, but the, like, the studio guys that I really like, Brent Mason, for example, those guys are really locked into the grid or Pro Tools or Click. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to be these days. But they can also play by themselves without that and still sound good. Tony Rice is a really, for those of you who don't know, Tony Rice is, is one of the guys who kind of changed bluegrass guitar. Still lots of tradition, but improv. So when I, when I heard him, Joey Wright, who's a really great guitar player, we were in second year improv. Pat LaBarber's class, and one day he's like, man, you got to check out this guy. So he handed me a cassette, and Church Street Blues, which is one of my favorite records, changed my life. I was like, this guy's playing fiddle tunes and then improv? Because we didn't, in Nova Scotia, we were playing fiddle tunes with a kick drum, but there was no improv. Right. So suddenly I'm hearing these guys, like, jazz language over fiddle, like, the, the technique and the time feel. Mm. Uh, Wes is a great rhythm guitar player. Oh, like, absolutely. The, the time feel is For like... Sure. But as far as any of the guys playing on, on the records, um, uh, I, I don't know, is it Cornell Dupree? Mm -hmm. uh, the guy in Tower of Power, Bruce Conti? Mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping I'm saying some of these last names right. B.B. Um, King's rhythm guitar player is fantastic. I mean, he doesn't really, he, I should say, he didn't really play a lot of rhythm guitar. I'm sure he could. Phil Upchurch. Um, that's a, there's a couple of examples, cool. and I tried yeah. to try to. There's a couple of stuff. I'm I'm really into, you know, country, jazz, blues, mm -hmm. bluegrass. I tried to keep that. Uh, the guys in James Brown's band were incredible guitar mm. players. Mm. Um, yeah, cool. That's great. Well, uh, I think it's time to play another tune. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Wes, I, mm -hmm. this this is one of the first tunes I had to learn how to navigate was West Coast Blues. Mm -hmm. I haven't played it for a while, but I, I want to give it a try because it's got all kinds of nice 2-5. So. Totally. Let's do it.
nice. <laughs> Love that tune. Yeah, me too. There's some good footage of him playing that over in Europe, right? Have you have you seen that yet? In France? Is it in France? In, or something that? Yeah, 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 I have. Yeah. Yeah, it's with like a larger ensemble, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty hip. Man, you sound great on that guitar in, in that style. I mean, I. I, I mean, I knew you would, but that guitar and how you're playing sounds fantastic. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm thinking about going back to the flat wounds, actually. I've been on round wounds for a while. I like the brightness of them, you know, and the sustain. But uh, I've been listening a little bit to Kenny Burrell and, and Tal Farlow, actually, and, man, the flat wounds are just so beautiful, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I well, that sounds great. And, and your, your time feel sounds good, man. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. That was one of the first tunes I actually had to come to. Uh, oh, there's... Two five out of the key, you know. Mm -hmm. And I still want to play. <laughs> I and it still works. Play works like everywhere. That's <laughs> great. Uh, you know, and some people that's that's bad. You know, I never thought it was bad. Well, mm -hmm. you can you guys can decide for yourselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to ask you. Um, do you have any advice for younger players? I think, you know, the kind of career that you've had is like is great, and I think a lot of younger players are looking to go the same kind of path and. I was wondering if you have any advice for people that you know looking to be a sideman and, and that kind of sure. thing. Sure, I, I, yeah. I I've got a couple of things. You know, um, it it, it um, it's it's really cool if you're a nice guy, and uh, you know if you can roll with things. Sometimes I have to remind myself not to be uh, you know a bit of a diva. You know, like I you know we're in a, we're in a tour van. Like, what do you want to eat? McDonald's. I'm like, no, I don't want to. Eat. You know, like something. And so uh, you know, being a nice guy might be like. Hey, uh, do you think we could? Is there any, you know anybody got Google? Do you think we could find something other than McDonald's? Right. You know, right. like or if you're racing to catch planes, or you know, there's gonna be stressful th times if you're playing with people. Like if you can just be cool. All all of my friends who are cool work all the time. Right. And they're not like, hey, you guys got some gigs for me? They're just around. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you guys want go for a drink? Not go for, you know, like they're just easy to be around. So right. that is kind of the top priority. Uh, lots of the best players don't get the best gigs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, from for the younger people listening, uh, get a look. I had a good decade of playing really big shows. So my, my career at 37, and I'm still a young looking guy on some level, but... Um, mm -hmm. You know, my career for doing some of that work is starting to change, you know. So, right. I, you know, I, I might get actually get back into playing a bit more jazz and then definitely some classical music. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then playing some of my own music a bit more. Um, having a, a really good time feel is, is, is more important than being able to play a gajillion notes. Knowing when not to play is more important than playing a gajillion notes. Uh, also, you know, the rhythm thing, being able to play rhythm guitar and having good sounds and being able to tune, being, being able to play in tune. Also, uh, people should be getting used to dealing with headsets and playing with a click because everything's on the grid these days in, in pop music. Mm -hmm. All of the tunes, all of the artists that I play with these days usually have in-ear systems and all of the tunes are counted off in your ears and you usually play along with tracks. Like everybody's playing live. Uh, so you all have to come to, to to terms with being able to play with a click and being able to getting used to playing these. Uh, right, none of this attitude. It's unnatural or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do some of this music, you have to. That's yeah. that's the way it goes. And then having said all that, you know, learn how to like go play with your friends uh, and play some funk and R and B and blues and guitar-y type stuff. Um, you know, when if you're on a gig playing um, R and B tunes, there's usually a sax player. He's going to get to play all of the nice solos on the Stevie Wonder tunes. And when it's, there's a blues or a rock tune, whether it's um, ACDC or, uh, or the Eagles or anything that's a blues-inspired, you know, it's going to be you, and you've got to lay that down. Right. You know, so string bending might be a good, good thing yeah. to practice. Right. Um, uh, yeah, but, you know, the biggest thing is just trying to be a nice guy. Yeah, that, that totally probably, agree. Yeah. Probably and available anything. for the hang. That's, and available for the hang. mentioned that, yeah. Yeah, totally. Cool. So where where are you headed next? Like in terms of uh, music, you know, you put out that record in two thousand eleven. Yeah. Do you, do you have any plan? Like, what I'm would the next Emilion project be? Yeah, it was a steel string acoustic guitar record. Cool. So some flat picking tunes. Some uh, I about three or four years ago, I started dabbling in dadgad and then other tunings. Ah. Uh, so some fingerstyle stuff. I've been learning uh, an Eric Rosh piece. Eric oh, Rosh. I don't know who that is. You don't know him? He's a dadgad guy. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful sound. Like I know. Play, yeah. Like why didn't I do Feels this years so ago? That tone between the uh, the well, what's the G and the A B yeah. string on here? Yeah, is so nice. You know, it's so interesting. It makes your brain. It, it makes, makes my you, brain break at least. It, it yeah. does, but then you kind of hear like all the guitar kind of rings sympathetically better or something. Like, you know, I'm making up words here, but do you know what I mean? Like you, yeah, you play, yeah. you know, you play that sound. And it's like wow, the guitar really rings, mm. really nicely in that for some things. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, you know, that's when I when I'm at home, I play acoustic guitar, and um, yeah, still still love playing electric guitar, of course. So uh, hopefully that. That made some sense, and I'm right. really glad to yeah, totally sit and chat with you. Yeah, man. it's a good hang, man. Yeah, it's good to see you. You know, good to see you after all these years. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, mm. yeah, you want to do one more? Yeah. What do you feel like? Let's let's play Sunny, uh, a la Pat Martino esque. Okay. All right. I think who gets to do? Who gets to? Can we both do that? We can both do that. Okay. All right. Sweet. <laughs> huh. Nice. Uh, right in one, a two, oh, one, two, three.
Thanks a lot. It was a good time. All right. 